Welcome to America's Top Rebbitons. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Elisheva Panina Bat Amuna, and for Tziona Tehila Bat Yehudit. I'm very happy to have on today's show Rebbitson Devorah Eisenbach. Rebbitson Devorah enjoys studying and teaching Havos Halevavos, duties of the heart, or more correctly, as Rabbi Avigdor Miller calls it, duties of the mind. Sharing the wisdom of this sefer with her Jewish sisters is one of Rebbitson's Devorah's greatest pleasures. Rebetzin Devora had the merit to found the Jewish Women's Education League with Rabbi Noah Weinberg's encouragement. One of their most successful programs was the JEWEL, J-E-W-E-L, Introductory Program for Women, another venture which embodied their motto, Every Jewish Woman Deserves a Jewish Education, was a two-day two summer seminar, it's a learning program for women during the summer and during Elul. The seminars gave many, many women understanding, commitment, and renewed spiritual and emotional energy. And those programs sound amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on our podcast today, Rebbitz and Deborah. Please tell us more about your about yourself and what you do. Okay. So thank you very I really, I just got to meet you and I'm really very happy to meet you. Thank you. I'm so happy I'm to meet you too. I'm a bit of a cold, but one of my children told me last night that I sound like my mother. So I guess that's a compliment. She's a very <laughs> yeah. special person. Aww. So, um, I hope you'll be able to understand my English. I was born in Boston. I've been here over 50 years. So if I sound like I have an Israeli accent, that's why. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, what would you like to know about me? Um, if you want to talk a little bit about the Jewel program and kind of what you did with women and teaching them. Okay, so um, that's a, bit, a, li a little bit much, but let's see. When we came to Eretz Israel, we came to Israel in 70, there were no programs for beginner, beginners. And um, Rabbi Weinberg started Isha Torah, my husband started teaching there. And I just, um, heard about our responsibility for other people, other pe Jewish people, for the first time, seriously. In other words, growing up, I knew we have to, you know, help out and everything like that. But the, um, my main focus when I first got married was my husband, myself, my children. And uh, that was about it. We were in Israel. There was plenty to do. Right. So now there was a whole new world of taking responsibility and trying to help other Jewish women, or Jewish men, whoever it would be, to find out more about their Judaism. It's, it's ours for all of us. Yes. As one of my sons mentioned, uh, if a man had five children and passed away and left a sum of money. One went to the bank, met the manager and said, I'm an only child. And he ran off with the money. So everyone would imagine, would, would agree that he's a thief, right? Yes. And the same thing, the Torah isn't only for this amount of people or those amount of people, it's really everybody's inheritance. So we shouldn't feel like we're being so kind to give it to somebody else, but just giving them their rightful uh, property. A rightful inheritance, and that's one. Of the, that was the model of the Jewel program. We started the Jewel program. Michael Weinberg encouraged me to do that, and the model of the Jewish Women's Education League was that every Jewish woman deserves a Jewish education. Beautiful. And we see that we many of us have um, degrees and education far beyond our Jewish education. We may have finished high, Hebrew school or Hebrew high school, but then we've gone on professionally and learned much more about the world around us, while we're our own Jewish growth is stunted. So we've tried to work on that, and it's great. Beautiful. Okay? 
Very nice. I love it. That's I mean, it's really a very more important program. Right? And I believe that a lot of women learned a lot from what from what you taught them, you know, from the ground yeah. up. So yeah. so um, it, was it was great. It was for girls from Chutzarts, women from Chutzarts, from outside Israel. Please, um, you know, fix my Hebrew up to English. Help me translate <laughs> if I get in the wrong language. Um, and well, we had a six weeks program that people studied and toured and reconnected. It was um, seen very, very much beautiful, beautiful fruits from that. Very nice. Okay. So um, now, yeah. yes. So, so in our society, um, people do a lot of things in the pursuit of happiness. Today, we're going to talk about the pursuit of happiness and what it actually really means. Um, people do lots of shopping. They eat gourmet meals at expensive restaurants. They go to concerts, sporting events, and other fun and entertaining things that bring momentary pleasure. Unfortunately, the high that you get from buying a beautiful piece of jewelry, eating a delicious piece of sushi, or seeing your favorite singer or sports team in action is fleeting. But really, we all want to be happy truly deeply happy with a happiness that really really lasts judaism gives us insights into that happiness through the golden triangle the three keys to happiness the golden triangle so i want to see if you can please tell us in detail about the three keys to happiness and how we can practically implement them in our lives okay great okay so we're we're beginning yes all right this is really an idea that i saw in the duties of the heart Okay, duties of the heart. Rabbi Miller calls it duties of the mind. It's more accurate. The heart in those days meant our central, our, our central person, and that's our, our mind, who we are. In any case, um, Rabbi um, Bachia wrote the duties of the heart in um, Spain. It was first translated from Arabic to Hebrew in 1060, so it's almost a thousand years old and um, the translation. I don't know when, he, we don't know when he wrote the original. He wrote it in Arabic for the people they spoke Arabic. So um, the first, the, the second gate is called the gate of examination of reflection. And the introduction to that gate, he explains to us why we're not happy, why people are not happy. And when I read this and I understood it, and at the end of this short little piece, he tells us, once we understand this, we must share with other people right. because so many people go through life unhappy when they have so much that they could be happy about. And instead of enjoying their life here and hereafter, they're complaining and burdened by a un very unhappy life. True. So when I, yeah, <laughs> when I learned that that was also after we know this, we have to teach it. So that's what I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here it is the introduction to the gate of reflection and duties of the heart. We'll go through it a little bit, I hope. I'll just show you a few copies of the book. Anyone wants to get a copy, it's like this, the Feldheim edition. There's a new copy from uh, Rabbi Miller. Uh, this duties is the of the heart. The, yeah, duties of the, duties of the mind, he calls it here, okay? Okay. Um, and there's also a free online translation that I just sent to Vera, and maybe she'll put it up on the screen. If anyone wants to see it, Rabbi Yosef Sabag, I just sent you an email uh, with it. I don't know if you saw it. There's a link to a free English translation, which is very good because it also includes commentaries from various sources. Okay, so Rabbi, Rabbi Bachit tells us there are three reasons why we're not happy. Okay? Mm -hmm. The first reason is because we're so busy getting, we're so busy attaining, we're so busy 
accomplishing. Before we finished eating breakfast, we're wondering what's for lunch. Before we finished college, we're wondering what kind of a job we have. Before we finished, we get an apartment, we're onto the furniture. And we don't stop to appreciate what we have. So not only we don't stop to appreciate it, we're always accumulating more, getting more. I mean, I just got an apartment, now I have to finish it. I have to finish it, I have to make sure this matches that. I'm going to have to look around, see what other people have. Once I see what other people have, I see what I don't have. Once I see that they have it, at a certain point, I think they got it and I should have gotten it. This is a downward spiral of trying to acquire more, get more, and we don't have time to even think what we have. So this is the first advice that he says to us is to just stop. Just stop and start to appreciate. Appreciate your breakfast. Appreciate the fresh air. Appreciate a sense of balance. Appreciate what we have. Appreciate your new apartment even before you have furniture. Appreciate that you have an apartment or a house. Appreciate your family. Appreciate yourself. Okay? Um, learning this with one of my children, she said to me, Mommy, maybe that's why we have Shabbos, just to stop. Instead of trying to conquer the world and get more and more, just stop and appreciate what we have. Okay? This uh, um, Rabbi Weinberg used this I think this is what the basis of his happiness game. Maybe you've heard of it. You heard of the happiness game? Um, the happiness game goes like this. Sit down for an hour and start writing out things that you have, gifts that you have. They can be physical, like eyes, or like a car, right? Or they can be spiritual, like friends. A friendship isn't something physical, right? Or intelligence, or any other gift that we have that's not physical. So, um, if you sit down really and for an hour do this, it's not an easy story. Right. Most people can do it for about 10 minutes and then they give up and I say, oh, one second, I have this pen. Oh, actually, I can think. I got to write that down too, okay? I can express myself in words. Wow. Mm -hmm. And continue for a whole hour to write down those things. And then we'll take step two. Step two in the um, uh, Rabbi Bacher teaches us is that we get used to things from when we're born. We have our eyes, we have our nose, our mouth. We have clothing, most of us, food, shelter, many things that we take for granted because we have them some, from when we're born, okay? So this is a very big difficulty for us because we can't get out of that unless we take serious thought and start thinking with ourselves. Every Weinberg's game goes like this. Um, every day for a month, add two things to your list, one thing physical and one thing non-physical. And then also on Shabbos, or when you have some time, take the list that's growing and start saying, what would my life be like if I didn't have teeth, nose, a sense of balance, each thing for a minute and start to appreciate you see what I'm doing? Seeing what he's yes. doing? Yes. I see that you wanted to ask something. You know, it reminds me of something. Yes. 
um, I was once listening to a shear was that was given by Sarah Robinson, Sarah Yohavid Riggler, and she was saying something similar about husbands. It was uh, it was the Kesher wife workshops that she gives through Jewish workshops. And she says, write down 50 things, at least that you're thankful for your husband. And it could be his ability to think, his ability to see you, his ability to give you jewelry, his, the, the actual jewelry that he gives that he gave to you, list every piece of jewelry that he gave to you, list, you know, if he drove you somewhere, list that. So it just reminds me of that. That's right. But that's because when we take something or someone for granted, we don't really enjoy it. When right. we take our eyes for granted, we don't really enjoy them. When we appreciate them in the morning, we say, thank you that I can see. Okay, so that's the second thing my daughter told me. Mommy, maybe that's why we have blessings, why we have brachos. Because each blessing we make, if we make it consciously, gives us a new consciousness of something that we have. Thank you for this fruit. It's amazing, right? It's beautiful, yes. the fruits that, the winter fruits and the summer fruits, and each one has different um, consistency and different uh, great traits for us, vitamins and minerals, vegetables. It's, it's amazing. amazing, yeah. And each mm -hmm. one has different, we have different brachas for different things. Yes. Because we shouldn't take them all for granted. Okay, maybe. <laughs> and then the third thing, okay? So the second thing is not to take things for granted. I said that's the first to stop. The second is look. Look what you have. This is just like a, a reminder to how we can remember this important triangle, okay? Because mm -hmm. it's going to help us every day. Mm -hmm. It's golden. <laughs> yes. And the third is the most difficult. The third is that when things don't go our way, we're sure something's wrong and we haven't done it. We're sure that it shouldn't be this way. Sometimes it's somebody else. Sometimes we think it's God, Hashkadosh Bohu, but it shouldn't be this way. And we're not aware that very often the things that are most difficult for us are our biggest opportunities for growth. Right? So interesting. And it's, it's interesting and it's hard. It's very, very hard in the very moment. Hard to, to, right, in the moment. Yes. So that's why there's another, uh, I don't know, I heard that there's a third um, level to Rabbi Weinberg's game. Maybe this is it. But I, for myself, decided that one way we could help ourselves with this situation is to keep a little notebook of things that were difficult for us today, yesterday, or last week, or when we were children, things we didn't want, and to see the benefit later. And we'll see shortly that many, many, many things that we thought were difficult brought us the greatest blessing, the greatest growth, because sometimes we don't know what's right, really what's good for us. Not just sometimes, very often, we don't know what's really good for us. Recently, um, there was a, a bus from Kiyat Sefer going to Jerusalem. A woman was t wanted badly to get on the bus, and she had to go to the pharmacy first, and the pharmacist was, take, was taking her time measuring the medicine, and she kept saying, I'm going to miss the bus, I'm going to miss the bus. And she said, if you disturb me, I have to start again. I have to do this properly. And she was so frustrated, and she finally she got her medicine. She ran to the bus stop, and she missed the bus. Unfortunately, that bus crashed. Oh. And she came back to the pharmacy an hour later and she said, thank you so much and brought a box of chocolates to the pharmacist. I said, maybe she should have felt a little even more grateful, but really her gratitude should be to Hashem. But right. we really don't know what's good for us. So many times people lose jobs and get something so much better. Something doesn't work out and they have a new understanding of what's good for them. It's, it's amazing if we just start to keep a, note, a, a notebook of things that don't go our way. Each opportunity that Hashem gives us 
is an opportunity for growth to come closer to him. That's what life's about. So it's, <laughs> it's an opportunity instead of a disability. Okay. So we don't have like to look at it. Yes. Okay. So now we have to take these three things. Uh, this is called listen to the message. So when we cross the street, we have to stop, look, and listen. Yes. Here we have to, in our lifetime, we have to stop, look, and listen to the message. Okay. To make this a little bit, we have a few more minutes to make it a little of more course, clear. Yes. Okay. I want to give you just um, um, a short version of the, the Chovos Alvavos. He gives us an example of the second time of being um, taking things for granted. Uh, a kind person adopted a child, a waif from the street. And then 15 years later, he heard about somebody who had been kidnapped and he paid off the kidnappers and he brought this child to his house, a 15 year old kid. No, it was 18 years old, I think it was, whatever in the story. So uh, when there were a few years later, they were both leaving home and they were both thanking their benefactor. Who thanked the benefactor more? The one he adopted as a baby or the one who adopted that he took ransom from the kidnapping? What do you think? That's a good question. Um, I really don't know. I'm going to guess the kidnapping. I think you're right. Because why? Uh, he, was, he wasn't obligated. You know, he wasn't obligated to take care. That, that boy was really nobody to him. He didn't have any specific obligation to him. But yet he went out of his way. He went out of himself above and beyond to take care of him. Okay. Well, we could say that, Vera. But the truth is that little wave, he didn't have any obligation to take him home either. Right? That's true. You're right. Yes. Okay. But the, but yeah, so that's an interesting thing. We think that the once he adopted him, he has to take care of him. Right. It's his obligation. But that's not really true. Every day was a gift. And that child got much, much more than this person who was 15 or 18. For eight, 15 or 18 years, he was getting food, clothing, education, love. And he took it for granted. So uh. the other one was so much more grateful. Why? Because he knew what it was to be in a difficult situation and to be saved. And the other one never knew it. So we take things for granted. That's what he wanted to tell us. We take things so much for granted that we even think that, yeah, of course that one thanks for more, but he got so much less, 15 or 18 years less of care, right? Right, right. <laughs> and yet everyone would think that's the one that's more thankful. Okay, so then the next, the other, that's just not to take things for granted. We have to remind ourselves because really, if we start to think what we take for granted on our list, we'll see that almost everything we take for granted, color, vision, sense of balance, friends, remembering my name, being able to use a podcast. I mean, you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. We, we take things for granted. We don't even realize that we're taking the things for granted. That's exactly right. Wow. Okay. No, it's a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Thank you. Okay. And the other example that he gives us is about the third thing. There was a, uh, a kind-hearted man made an infirmary for blind people, okay? Mm -hmm. And in this infirmary, they were able to go to doctors and get medication and become um, sighted. This was, it's a, a mashal, it's an, a parable. It's, I don't know if it could happen like this, but okay. And what happened was they came to the infirmary. They didn't have patients to go to the doctor. They didn't put on the medication. And they started tripping over all the things that he put there for their advantage. Okay. And they were cursing him out. That, Why did he build this? To this? We're falling and breaking our bones and things are getting cut. And this is a terrible person that did his here. And the truth is he intended only for their good. Okay. Yes. So the, um, 
we understand that if they would be patient and take the medication, their eyes would open and they would see. Yes. So he wants to tell us that's the same way we are. We're all in a school that's called the school of life. If we open our eyes and pay attention, we'll see that. Coach Bofo is giving us many, many cures for many of our illnesses and helping us to grow all the time. Okay, that's a, an interesting uh, way to look at it. So harder idea, but okay. So um, that's the, uh, okay. That's the other example. Now, what I'd like to do is stop, look and, look and listen. Our new golden triangle, I call it that because whatever you touch turns to gold. I've seen it in my life. Many other people have seen it too. Okay. So what's that mean? First, we spoke about the happiness game. Yes. And for, our, for ourselves, we're going to be able to make those lists, one of what we have, then take them off and say, what would life be without this so that I can appreciate it, right? And then we're going to also make keep ourselves a list of things that didn't go right and how much how much they gave us benefit later on. Yes. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, I, yeah, I hope we still have a few more minutes, yeah? Yes, yeah, no we're problem. Gonna take, okay, we're going to take this golden triangle that was in our general situation and turn it towards some specific person. Like you said, that the... the um, Sorry, I haven't really did in the um, casual work, women's workshop, but it could be anybody. You could do it for a neighbor. You could do it for a child. You could do it for uh, um, a sister, a brother, a parent, a husband. Okay, it doesn't matter who. It's better for this example to do it for so- with someone that you don't so well get along with. Oh, interesting. Okay, all right. Okay, and then start to list the good things that you see that are a gift about this person. Now, not always they are things that you benefit from. It could be that you see this is a good person. He uses his time wisely. He doesn't have too much time for you. Or he's very generous. He's a generous person. You really wanted to get a loan and he didn't give it to you, but he is a generous person. Write down all kinds of good things about this person. And then say, I'm not going to take it for granted. And go through the things. If it's your neighbor, and they're very careful about who knows what, and it bothers you a little bit, say, I'm not going to take for granted that I have a neighbor that I could talk to. I'm not going to take for granted I'm not living on a desert island. Right. I have a neighbor I could go to to borrow something or to speak to if I need something. It's a great thing to have a neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. And she listens to me, or she, uh, you know, she cares about the neighborhood. She wants me to keep this out of the driveway or that, but she cares about the neighborhood. And not to take it for granted because there are many neighbors that don't, et cetera, et cetera. Go through all the things we see and don't take them for granted. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then we come to the third part. The third part, there's always this little bit of friction in any relationship. Why? Because no two people are the same. No two people are the same. Everyone has a different way of looking at things. And we have to understand that that's part of our growth. Because later on, Chovos Havovos tells us, Rabbi Bachet tells us, a beautiful thought. He says, why is somebody in our life? Why is there anyone in our life that comes into our life? It's an opportunity for us to love our neighbor as ourselves. Every person that comes into your life is an opportunity to bring more of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's kindness into the world by being kind to them. It's an amazing idea, right? So now we're going to see how does that work with this neighbor? Okay? okay. How do I help bring more good into the world in this relationship with this neighbor. Okay, so this is the, the first of all, the stop. 
and see who this person is. In a family, very often, if you ask somebody about their brother, their sister, or their child or their spouse, they really don't know them because we never stop to say, he's a very compassionate person. He's a, com he's a very a good listener. He cares about his siblings. He cares about the house being in, in order. There's a lot of good things about people that we don't notice because we're so busy, right? Getting things done, like let's get it done, right? right? Who has time to talk and see and relax and enjoy? And, and a lot of times we take it for granted because he's my child, he should. He's an intelligent child, a woman came to me. He's an intelligent child. He should be doing well in school. What's this he should be? There is no such thing as he should be. That's taking for granted because he's intelligent. There could be a lot of things that are bothering a child in school. And as one of my very wise neighbors once told me, if he could be doing better, he would be doing better. Nobody likes to fail. And it's true for everybody in relationships, especially if somebody's not getting along with someone else, they would like to, for sure. But they don't know how to do it. And if we take them for granted, that's one guarantee that we won't know how to do it. <laughs> okay? It's such an interesting perspective. It is because like you bring up relationships and it's really true. People have difficult relationships with a lot of people, like definitely with a, na with a neighbor for sure. It could be with a spouse. It could be with a child. It could be with a, an extended family member. It could be with a friend. I mean, people have challenging relationships in, in all realms of life. And it's very interesting what you say, the, the, the perspective. You know, if you're taking them for granted, if you're not seeing any good in them, it's only going to make a difficult situation worse. Right. Exactly right. Mm -hmm. And many people don't have relations, don't have relationships at all. The people that are orphans and they don't have, they have people that have adopted them, hopefully, but they don't have more than that. Or people get older, they don't have other relatives, you know, right. it's, uh, or, there are many reasons people don't have other relationships, right? Yes. And a uh, person that has relations <laughs> should really, really value it and, and cultivate them. <laughs> And view each one as an opportunity to bring more of HaKadosh Baruch presence into the world, bring more kindness into the world, more patience into the world, more love into the world. That's why these people are here. That's why other people are here for us to be able to grow. Okay, that's the second. And when we look at relationships that way, it's a whole new world. I mean, it just is, right? So 100%, now, yes. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Okay, now we're going to turn this golden triangle one more way. Okay. Okay, we're turning it to ourselves. Interesting, okay. Okay, and we're gonna to get to know ourselves. We're gonna to start to think about ourselves. What kind of great gifts do we have? You know, somebody might have a good sense of humor. When they say a joke, they say, I was born that way. They're not even aware of it, right? Mm -hmm. Or there could be somebody that loves to walk outside and just enjoy the world. Well, I came from, you know, I came from outside the, you know, the countryside. So I love it, right? It's, that's how I am. It's just how I am. We're not even aware of it sometimes, of who we are. Nobody else has our history. No one else has our smile. No one else has our understandings. No one else has who we are. It's an individual. Kaddish Bochu doesn't make copies. Each one of us has, is a diamond. There's so much within us that we have to find. Not just we're good in math or we're good in English, yeah. But we like to make another person happy. We like to put a smile on someone's face. What a great gift. Okay? We like to give tzedakah. What a beautiful, what a beautiful idea that we could want to give to somebody else. Right? So now the second thing is not to take it for granted. 
Now, that's a little difficult because we think that's who we are. But we all know, we've all met people that loved people at one time, and another time they can't they can't talk to other people. We all know people that have been, let's say, naturally happy, naturally easygoing, and something happens and they're not. So right. if we're naturally easygoing, let's not take it for granted. It's such a big gift. Someone with a sense of humor. It's such a big gift. Someone that understands other people. Such a great gift not to take it for granted. And one of the difficulties when we take these things for granted is we don't use them right. so well. Mm -hmm. We don't give them over. I have a daughter that's very good in uh, art. And when I told her this, she started to teach her children some of the ideas she had from art. It was a whole new world for them too. But wow. she always took it for granted because she's artistic. That's how she was born. Right. Right. But it's not something to take for granted. It's something to use and to share. If you love other people, it's something very beautiful. Okay. And now we'll have to know that each of us has within us a little bit of friction between who we are and who we'd like to be. This is true. Sometimes, yes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes more, sometimes less. But sometimes say, why did I do that? Right. How did I do that? Yeah, what's going yeah. on here? So the truth is that each kind of mida, each kind of character trait that we have, if we're, let's say, spontaneous, or we might call ourselves impulsive, or we might say we're daring or brave, we have to see that it's all a gift to Hashem Yisbarach. If we have a lot going on in our mind at one time, that's a gift. It's a great gift. If we have a, a great um, possibility of concentrating and we'd rather be a little bit more relaxed, but we're very perceptive and definitive and determined, right? It's a great gift. It's not a disability, right? Yes. It's so interesting Once because we, it, almost, it almost reminds me of self-compassion. You know, like sometimes we're really too hard on ourselves because we're not seeing our value. We're not seeing the gifts that we have. We're taking them for granted and therefore we're being hard on ourselves. So part of self-compassion is recognizing what we have, the gifts that we have, the value that we have as human beings within ourselves and just kind of giving ourselves a break and being compassionate and loving toward ourselves. Right, right, right. And then taking those gifts and saying, one second, the gifts and what we call disabilities are also abilities, they're also gifts. And they're in our generation, we don't have prophecy. Right. But in a way, HaKadosh Baruch we could say, I don't know, this is what I think. We could say, HaKadosh Baruch God speaks to every one of us. He gives us specific areas to work on. Those are the areas that are difficult for us. Yes. So when we see something's difficult, we can say, thank you, now I know what I have to work on. Why should I work on something that's not even difficult for me? This is where my work is. This is where I can grow. And then when we do that, our whole life has changed. It's for the better, right? Yes. So this is the golden triangle. Again, stop, look, and listen to the message because it's there. And if you want to look for it yourself, um, you'll find it easily in the Chovos Alvovos, Duties of the Heart, in the gate of examination, it's a second chap, uh, gate. Some people call it the gate of reflection. Okay, it's a very beautiful part of the Chovos Avavos, anyhow. And it's the introduction. And these three things he mentions, first of all, find out what there is, see the good. Second, not to take it for granted. And third, to realize that HaKadosh Baruch is always giving us opportunities for growth. If they're difficult, that's okay. We're not, we're not here to just sit on the beach all day long. Right. We're here to grow, right? For sure. 
And that's our real, our real pleasure when we see that, hey, one second, I've grown from this. This is a real pleasure. Okay. So um, I just want to stop this part of this with saying that um, after that, he says that anyone that knows us really should teach it to other people because so many people go through the world unhappy. Right. And so easily they could appreciate and enjoy the many gifts that they have. And um, so I, I hope that that's what you will do and yeah. I will do. And everyone who's listening to this will continue to just work on this idea. Stop, look and listen. Or if you want to say Shabbos, Bochos, and Pitachon, I think is the last one. Or Shmir Salashan, I'm not sure. In any case, this is this is a, a very beautiful way to um, connect to the Yvonne Shalom connect to ourselves and connect to other people okay yes that's beautiful that's beautiful and i just wanted to ask you one one other thing um i mean this the concepts of the golden triangle are fantastic and i was wondering if maybe you could please share with us some inspirational stories either from your own personal life or from the lives of the women you know where these keys of happiness were actually implemented in real life situations just to inspire us a little bit okay so really i i do know many people we have a daily class in Chobos Habobos at 9 o'clock in the morning, Israel time, so 10 minutes on the phone. It's actually recorded, but um, it's life-changing. Studying this, studying the book is life-changing. But through this, I've come to a number of understandings for myself. My husband's great-grandparents were both orphans. They lived in Budapest in 1873. They had six children. The oldest was 12. The youngest was two. Okay. Okay. My husband's great-great-grandmother heard the oldest two talking that one will be a lawyer, one will be a doctor or a pharmacist. And at the time in Budapest, the only way to do that was to become, um, to convert to Christianity and um, uh, work on Shabbos, et cetera, et cetera, be the end of his Judaism. Yes. So she said, no, 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 children, we are going to Eretz Yisrael. You are going to be fine, upright Jews. And she spoke to her husband and that's what they did. Wow. Okay. And from that came out the huge Eisenbach family in Jerusalem and in all around Israel and around the world. There are some too, but many most in Israel, most are in Israel. And almost all of them follow along with what she wanted, that they should be good upright Jews. And that's a special woman, right? Yes. But at a certain point, a few years ago, I said, hey, guess what? If they weren't orphans, who would let her daughter or her son go to Israel? in 1873, with six children, the oldest 12 and the youngest two. Only because they were orphans, they were able to do that. Isn't that an interesting perspective? Wow, it's true, very interesting. It's an amazing thing that we don't understand. Sometimes the most difficult things are gifts for us, not sometimes, always, okay? And uh, in my personal life, I've seen it. And even now, even today, I skinned my knee a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. It's okay. Baruch Hashem, I have a knee, right? Baruch Hashem, I can walk. Baruch Hashem, I got home. I didn't hurt myself seriously. It was just, you know, and um, and I could appreciate again how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves me and takes care of me and the gifts that I do have. And I could dive in a little more uh, kavana and thankful for what I do have. And to see that this is Baruch Hashem, a very little reminder, small reminder, is who's in charge around you. That's okay. right. Who's in charge? That's right. Hashem. Exactly. Wow. And he's always taking care of us. And we, we use this um, 
this golden triangle, the more we use it, the more we'll enjoy it. Thank you. Okay. Beautifully said. Yes. Thank you so much, Rebbits and Devorah, for taking the time to join us on America's Top Rebbitsons. We really appreciate you being here. And we hope that today's learning will be for Rafua Shalema, for Tziona Tahila, Bat Yehudit, and also for Elisheva Panina, Bat Emuna. If anyone in the audience has any questions or comments about the podcast or would like to sponsor a future podcast, please email us at atrebbitsons at gmail.com. That's A T R E B B E. T-Z-I-N-S at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great day. Thank you too.